0: Get in the know. Nonstop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. I've been saying for years, if Kurt doesn't have to throw the ball 40 times a game, you guys will be good. And that's not a knock to him. It's just, you know, in this league, you got to be balanced, and he's able to play action. He's a really good play action quarterback, in my opinion. Um, and so when you're when able to uh, you know not force him to throw the ball forty times a game, I think you're pretty good. And you have to do that by running the ball and playing good defense, which comes back to our front sevens have to be good. Which Jared Jared Allen just he's wearing like a I don't know some like a deerskin of...
1: jacket of some sort. Is that a, deer? And no, was that a direct Direct TV spots? Direct <laughs> yeah. TV <Like> right? He's <laughs> like right in front, like. Positioned off to the side perfectly as a direct TV. It looked like, it? like
0: some old rundown farmhouse or something. But doesn't he live in Arizona? So he's wearing a he's wearing a winter coat. It does get a little cold in January in Arizona. So maybe oh, yeah. Woke up in the morning and it was fifty one or something. Jared Allen on uh, Colin Cowherd there. Maybe he gets into the Hall of Fame. Maybe the Vikings will put another uh, another defensive player into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. This is Purple Daily, hoping to become a Hall of Fame football podcast someday. I don't know if there is such a thing. But uh, we appreciate you guys making this one of the most popular football podcasts in America in 2022. Whether you consume Apple, Spotify, Score North app, or YouTube, we appreciate you. Welcome into playoff season. For the first time in three years, Vikings and Giants this weekend. We've got you covered all week long here on Purple Daily, where we just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die, the show is presented in part by TCL. Redefine creativity with the TCL 30V 5G smartphone. Enjoy blazing fast 5G speed, an AI powered 50 megapixel triple camera system. Whoa. Good ball. Let's go. Ultra realistic and true to life visuals powered by Next Vision and booming sound from the dual speakers. Learn more at TCL.com. And before we get into. Some juicy Vikings discussions here. A shout-out to our friends, the official craft beer of Purple Daily, Surly Brewing Company.
1: And it's that time of year, it's playoff time, and that means, ladies and gentlemen, you know what time it is. It's time to stock up on Surly right now because the playoffs start on Saturday, and now they don't end until late Monday night. And you are going going to want to make sure that you have your Surly available. It might be a Furious, a Logic Bomb, an Axeman, or before I die. Remember, the mission begins on Sunday. Before we die, we want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl, and starting off at least in the playoffs, they have a chance to do exactly that. You got to get to the tournament to win it. Uh, Surly Brewing, though, should be by your side before I die as well. Surly, show us your cans. I'm at Jay Zolget on Twitter or at Score North. We always love to see you sipping on a Surly. You damn straight, yes. So
0: let's start with this here today, gentlemen. We know all the reasons why the Vikings are frauds or why they aren't Super Bowl contenders, why they may be ripe to be upset in the first round by the Giants. It's pretty tough to, like, I literally flipped on ESPN early this morning. And I, I, don't, I don't watch a lot of, like, national morning sports shows. I used to watch Get Up all the time, but
1: yeah, you still, did. it's like
0: West Coast. It starts at 5 in the morning. It's a little, little tough to, mm. to answer mm. the bell every day. For, uh, Mike Greenberg. Sounds like an dad. excuse
1: to me. Yeah, me too. I flipped it on this morning, though. I'm up early every day.
0: You're up at 5.05, just I am Mike up, Greenberg? I
1: get up at 8.30 every day, sometimes oh. 8.45, and <laughs> Such I an early bird. grind.
0: <laughs> Such an early bird. Literally, the first I flip on the TV, I go to ESPN. I, what are these guys saying about playoff week? The first thing I hear is Dominic Foxworth disrespecting the Vikings, talking yeah. about how the Giants are going to upset the Vikings, right? So we know all the reasons why they may not be a Super Bowl contender. I want you guys, and if you if you can't, be honest. Why are the Vikings Super Bowl contenders? Do you have a way to, to tell the world that the Vikings can indeed win the Super Bowl?
1: Well, first of all, just quickly off the top, okay? Are the Vikings guilty? And look, I know the losses to Dallas and the Packers were unsightly, okay? But are the Vikings guilty of winning too many games? And I ask that question because the Giants are nine seven and one. They're in the playoffs, and point mm-hmm. differential wise, they're a minus six. The Vikings are a minus three. So, like, is the premise that the Vikings are frauds because they accidentally yes. won too many games? So, yes. like, if they had won, if they had won the division by winning ten games, 11 10 and games, 7. 10 and seven, then we just wouldn't talk. Then they would sort of be absolved and not considered contenders. Is if, that what I'm to take this as? What's hilarious
0: is if they were, let's say they were 10 and 7, which is probably about where, all right, that's probably where they should be based on, like their point differential suggests they should be like 8 and 9. <laughs> but let's say that they're a 10-win team dressed up as a 13-win team. I think they might even be more than three-point favorites in this game because I, I think the perception what, would then be, yeah. it'd be like 4-point, 5-point favorites because the perception would be that team's lost some games but they are dangerous, especially in that stadium, right? They've got Justin Jefferson. They've got some edge rushers and veterans on defense, and so the narrative would be don't sleep. I know they're only 10-7, and seven, but don't sleep on this dangerous potential offense with Justin Jefferson. But you're right, because they stumbled their way into a few more wins. Now they're guilty and they're frauds
1: and all these things. And they it's have an interesting
0: it. paradigm.
1: It's very intriguing. Uh, So as far as the question goes, um, first of all, I think there's an important thing to keep in mind, which is once you get in the tournament, you've got a chance. Like, that's that's the great thing about it. That's what teams talk about. And it's a cliche, but it's true. Let's just get in. Because once you're in, things can change. As far as the actual path to a Super Bowl championship. And look, I'm not going to say that I think that this is going to occur. It's a long shot. I get all of that. But it's this, we have seen a level of Kirk Cousins clutchness in 2022 that we have never seen before. Um, we don't know if there's another level to that. I've got my doubts, but you know what? I sure as hell in July wouldn't have told you the guy would have eight comeback wins. I never would have said that. I, I expressed my doubt until the season started, and then I still expressed doubts until it just became clear he had eight comeback wins. Mm-hmm. Um If Kevin O'Connell is on point with his play calling, if Kirk Cousins has another level of clutch, when you look at the skill position players that the Vikings have, now the offensive line problems are real, and and if Bradbury can't play, that's a definite um, detriment. But when you have Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, uh, Osborne, Thielen, and Hawkinson, and now you've got, and I know it seems small, but Irv Smith being back gives you – potential wrinkles that you didn't have if O'Connell can also so like if Kirk has another level of clutch to him and O'Connell can step up what he's doing this offense can be potent there's no question about it when you have Justin Jefferson you can be potent yeah. um the defensive side I have a little bit of a harder time there because I don't know if I see a path to like improvement or a ton of but I do think that because it's going to be a series of potential, as long as they play one-game seasons defensively, that you will be putting yourself in a position, hopefully, where O'Connell and company are involved as well, so it's not just an Ed Donichell production, that, that, you know, starting with the Giants, can you beat the New York Giants? Absolutely, absolutely. I'm not predicting it yet. We'll save that. But yeah, I'm also not look at this guy. But I'm also not standing. But 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 I'm also not. You know, I'm also not. Oh, it's the Giants. Look at what they did again. Point differential, which we've talked about a ton. Which, by the way, isn't telling statistic. The Vikings are a minus three. The Giants are a minus six. Okay, can you beat Daniel Jones and company? Yes, you absolutely can. And then it just becomes a series of what can you do? The one the one thing I will say is this, and I want to see it starting on Sunday and if they get past the first round you're going to have to do this most definitely and it's the one thing i don't think that we've seen the minnesota vikings have proven i think themselves to be to be pretty for the most part mentally tough you don't win 11 games by one score and not be mentally tough but if you get the 49ers for instance you're going to need to be physically tough as well and take a punch and that's the next question but do I see a path where this team could potentially get on a run if things break right and guys take steps up? Yes, I absolutely do. It's a,
0: to your point too about like, did they did they accidentally win too many games for you know the the liking of the masses? Yeah, the close games are the same way. So they're eleven and zero in one score games, right? Because the only two non one score wins are the first win against the Packers and the last win against the Bears. So they have a le- they're eleven and zero in one score games, and people use that, people weaponize that against the Vikings. Correct. Well, I mean that's not, that's not repeatable. Okay, no, are they are they going to go eleven and zero next year or in five years in one score games? No, probably not. But to use it as a weapon against the Vikings and say, well, this is completely fluky. There's no way you can possibly. You know, if you ran this back, they'd probably be uh, you know seven and four in one score games, to which I would say, well, yeah, they're that's still very good in one score games. They have found a way to navigate one score games, late close games, comebacks in the fourth quarter, maybe at a luckier level, but also at a better level than a lot of teams. The Viking, yeah. I'm I'm confident in saying two things: the Vikings definitely aren't going to win eleven games, one score games again next year. All right? You can fade that if that was available on uh, <laughs> Underdog or Price Picks or something. But I can also confidently say the Vikings are better at navigating close games in the fourth quarter than almost every other team in the NFL as well. And there's reasons for that. Kevin O'Connell, Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, etc. So I, 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 it's a great point by you, Judd. I, I'm so sick of people weaponizing what the Vikings have done late in games as a way to show that they're some worthless team that's just going to get smoked in the first round, it's like people have gone so far down that path now. I would just, I would be, I wouldn't be surprised me if the Vikings whooped ass on the Giants this weekend and then maybe met their demise later in the playoffs or something. So, Dex, what do you think?
2: Uh, I think they're Super Bowl dinners for a few reasons. Number one, why, why not? Why, why can't they be a Super Bowl contender? They're a three seed in the NFC conference. They have a path to potentially host, potentially host multiple playoff games. Uh, it's the weakest, in my opinion, the NFC has looked in a long, long time, too. Uh, I mean, for God's sakes, the 49ers are good. And we're going to see our pigskin pecking to where they rank from, all three of us. But they're, they're starting their third different quarterback. The Eagles were stumbling and a mess without Jalen Hurts uh, for the whole month of December. I know he's back now, but regardless, he he was they were stumbling and they looked vulnerable, too. Um, I look at the Vikings' offense. It's top 10 in yards. It's top 10 in points. They are comeback experts. They have a veteran quarterback who has now been there and done that. They have the best wide receiver in the NFL. They have situationally good defenders that can make big plays when it's asked upon. Why not? Why? Why can't they be Super Bowl contenders? Just because they've won some fluky games and they got blown out by the Cowboys and Packers and lost a shipwrecking game against Philadelphia in September? Are, are those? Are those? Are those are the three areas where you just say ah can't buy into them for those three reasons? To me, I I think that's kind of baloney. So I, I think why well, not? Why can't they be?
0: I think those blowout losses are red flags in that, okay, the Vikings are capable of just, like, not showing up. There's been a few times a season where, like, that's the red flag, right, that they just aren't competitive once a month, and you're going to go into a month here where you, you can't have that happen. So that that is the thing that I think scares, it scares me and it scares most people. But the, the path you were going down, Declan, I want to – I want to take that further because you started listing some of the, like if you're building a resume for a Super Bowl contender, you started listing some things out. Let's put the record aside. Let's let's say you knew nothing about the way that the Vikings got to the playoffs. You have no idea what their record is. You're just like, you're just being plopped on earth. You somehow missed the last four months and like, woof. Boy, I was, uh, took a long nap there and now I'm back for the playoffs. Uh, somebody update me on the resumes of some of these teams. And if I were to tell you, I just started listing some of these you know, in my head while you were talking. All right, the Vikings have two of the best edge rushers in the NFL. They have two top six edge rushers, if you just want to count pressures, in Daniel Hunter and Z'Darrius Smith. So two guys that can absolutely fluster quarterbacks. They have, according to Pro Football Focus, two of the best cover cornerbacks now that Duke Shelley has emerged over the last few weeks. Patrick Peterson, Duke Shelley are literally two of the top five highest-graded coverage cornerbacks in the NFL. They have a franchise left tackle. Christian Derrissaw is one of the two or three best left tackles in the NFL right now. They've got the best wide receiver in the NFL, and they've got a veteran quarterback, a rock-solid veteran quarterback that has grown and has risen up late-game situations. He tied the record for fourth-quarter comebacks in a season. And they have a coach that generally brings everyone together, empowers players, and gets the sum of the parts to rise above maybe what they should be. Would you say that that team has a chance to go win three or four games and make some noise? I would say yes. Is it guaranteed? Are they the best right. team? Do do the Chiefs have those ingredients and more? Right. Yes, of course. On the other side of the of the bracket, but when you start to list it out like that, so they got some edge rushers, they got a left tackle, they've got. Cornerbacks that can make plays. They've got a receiver that's almost unstoppable and a quarterback that has been excellent in close late game situations and a head coach that largely has been really, really good in his first year. I'd say that's not a team that you just dismiss out of hand. They're just going to get beat in the first round because they're frauds.
1: Yeah, especially go- going against a team that has a lot of the same things. I mean, first year coach, system is new for them. Daniel Jones, like, I mean, you know what? To, to go back to a, a comp that, that we have made a ton with opposing teams, would you take Daniel Jones or Kirk Cousins? I'm going to take Cousins. Uh, Saquon Barkley is really good, but you've got to stop the run game. I like So, yes, I when I look at the Vikings' losses, okay, I think the Philadelphia loss in Week 2 was real. They got their ass kicked. Uh, Philadelphia at that time was a clearly superior team. Are, are they still? Superior might be strong. I think that they are a better team. But when I look now, and this is the weird thing, it's concerning in some ways, but it's also like it factors in, I think, to this discussion is the Dallas and Green Bay defeats, which were embarrassingly bad in both ways, those teams really weren't that good. They kicked your ass that night, but they weren't that, but it's not like, oh, my God, Dallas is a juggernaut, and you, you can't get past no. Dallas now. They'll They'll uh, disappear the Packers, once a month, too. Exactly. Well, no, they disappear for more more than that. And since he came back, I mean, Dak has been just god-awful at times. So the point is, to what Declan's talking about, when you look at this conference, like, who scares you? If you were to rank this conference right now, I think, to me, the Niners and Philadelphia are 1-2. But it's not like they can't be beaten. And after that, I think you put the teams basically at the very worst in a hat and mix them up. And, and the Vikings still aren't the worst. So, like, that's the thing about this that presents a unique opportunity to to get through or to, to sneak through potentially, for instance, to the conference championship game, is there is a load of opportunity because of the parity in this conference. If you were in the AFC, my discussion would be different, but you're not. And, like, could you upset San Francisco? Yes, you could. It would take a lot of work, but you could. Yes.
0: Yeah, something to consider too. I don't I don't think that the Niners are going to lose in the first round, but it is a third matchup against a division opponent. Mm-hmm. Pete Carroll has been around the block a time or two. Has pulled major upsets in the playoffs before a time yeah. or two, right? Yeah. Even before Russell Wilson got there. So it's the old cliche, the Niners have beat the Seahawks twice this season. Tough to beat a team 3 times in one year. All of a sudden, If Seattle knocks off the 49ers because it's a familiar opponent, the Niners ultimately, as great as Brock Purdy has played, are playing a third-string quarterback in a playoff game this weekend. Crazier things have happened than a division opponent avoiding a third loss against the same team, right? And all of a sudden, if that happens, one of the clear-cut two best teams and a team that would host a game against you, the Vikings, if you made it, now all of a sudden, it'd be a home game for you. In the second round. So there's, there's some other factors too. Not to mention the Vikings are just kind of like the football Michael Myers this year. You think, oh, you fire a couple rounds. You kick them out a window. They fall down, break their neck. You think, and like, oh, they're just like back up walking around the streets. Yes. You know, terrorizing people. Down by 17 against Buffalo. Oh, they're taking a knee to win the game. Nope. Michael Myers, the Undertaker, sits back up. No, That's the been them. The Colts, I mean, the Colts game. Colts game is
1: ridiculous.
0: And there's also like, there's a. There's a Kevin O'Connell. I know we were critical and have been the last few weeks of some things we've seen from KOC. And uh, if you're new to the show here, yes, we can be both critical of something in no, the micro, not no, no. You pay, but pray something in the macro. No, that's not
1: how we do it in the Twin Cities.
0: Nope. Kevin O'Connell can have a bad sequence at the end of the first half, and we can still like the job that he does overall. Yep. And one of the reasons why I love the job that he's done overall is that it's, it's this sort of like uh, cultural magic dust that he has sprinkled throughout the organization. And uh, our friend and your former colleague, Kevin Seifert, ESPN.com, he sat down separately with both Kevin O'Connell and Kirk Cousins to just talk about a bunch of things. But most of the theme was Kevin O'Connell empowering Kirk Cousins this year. And Cousins did his best in this article to like not want to dump on Mike Zimmer, so he was pretty diplomatic, saying, you know, well, listen, I improved every year under Mike Zimmer, which is which is true in some ways. Uh, but I recommend you guys go go read it for the audience on ESPN.com. I want to read you the first three paragraphs right out of the gate here. It's an anecdote from when Kevin O'Connell took over the job, and this to me is an example of sort of the 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 empowerment magic dust that he sprinkles on this team to get these guys to believe and to run through a wall and to win games they're not supposed to. In his first team meeting as coach of the Vikings, so this is back in whatever, Kevin O'Connell did what coaches typically do. He turned on the film for the entire team. It was the spring of 2022, and KOC wanted everyone, players, assistant coaches, and staff members, to know exactly what he thought of the starting quarterback he had inherited. So this is Kevin O'Connell in a room in the spring of 2022 for the first time with everyone. Here's a full roster, coaches, and the big question is, what does he think of Kirk? It's interesting. He worked with Kirk a few years ago. Did Kirk get forced on him? Did he want to keep Kirk? What does he think of the most polarizing quarterback in the NFL that Mike Zimmer didn't really, never really wanted for four years, right? Kevin O'Connell chose a play from the Vikings' 2021 game against the Chargers where Kirk Cousins stood in against a fierce pass rush to fire a downfield strike to Justin Jefferson. After showing it on the big screen, O'Connell paused the video and turned to the room. Quote from, this is from Kirk Cousins, I remember him saying to everyone in that room that it takes a special ability to sit here, stare down the barrel, and get hit in the face and throw with that accuracy. I was sitting there, and the, he was empowering me in front of the whole team, Cousins said. That was the kind of funny moment where I was sitting there like, wow, he's just kind of complimenting me and encouraging me in front of the whole team. That was cool. He was doing it for a few other guys, too. He didn't just single me out. But those kinds of moments just empower you as a person and a player. You feel like he's not just building a football team. He's building people. Like that, that type of vibe, I guess, if you will. Yeah is something that is dangerous even if the Vikings aren't the best team.
1: And O'Connell knew and it was pretty clear to from his comments publicly as well. O'Connell knew exactly what he had to do to get the most potentially from Kirk. Um and that's what I just, that's what I doubted because it takes a lot. Like like in one case you, you have to do that which that's not the hard part. But the hard part then is to privately take him and say, "Look, dude, you're going to throw some picks" Like, I'm going to basically put you in a position, not to be irresponsible with the football, but you're going to take risks that you don't like to take and haven't taken. And that's where, like, the, that's where he crossed a bridge that I find to be so intriguing. Um, And the dip in, the, dip in uh, the traditional statistics, too. Like, all of these things, there's such a, this was such a layered attempt, and it's worked pretty damn well, uh, to get the most from Kirk, though because it didn't just involve empowering him, because I think what Kirk loves is to be empowered publicly. So like now he's got his support in front of players, in front of fans, in front of us. Uh, That's important that's smart. But then to also then take it to another step of privately, I'm sure he had to say, Kirk, okay, let's go watch some film here. And here's where it goes back to the story at the start. I think it was the first OTA where Kirk talked about the fact that he was being asked or he was asked to throw a pass. Uh, on the first read, and O'Connell's like, no, you have to make that throw. Like, think about that. This guy is not a Mm -hmm. young guy. This guy is a veteran quarterback who, if I'm not mistaken, is like three years younger than O'Connell is. Mm -hmm. And O'Connell's telling him, dude, you've got to make that throw. And Kirk's like, okay, i got to process this. So, like, the whole formula of how he built up Kirk and how he has gotten the most from Kirk to me is a credit. It's a huge one. Can't there's well. also
0: in this article there's a couple anecdotes about how KOC will, you know, between meetings or whatever will pop in once or twice a week, grab Kirk, hey, you and me right now, let's go watch some film, let's talk about the game plan, let's let's read some stuff out, let's change yeah. some things, what do you feel comfortable with? And then uh, and then there's sort of offline discussions out of the office. They FaceTime once in a while, they have late night texting threads a far, far different connection oh, like than what we saw. It is just like us. It's a
1: like our show. No wonder we're You don't build so one good. of the most
0: popular football podcasts in America without late-night text threads oh, damn right. preparation.
1: Drinking again. So am I. Uh,
0: <laughs> late-night text threads drinking and bitching about the Minnesota Twins. Yep. That's how you build yeah. a football
2: podcast.
1: rather gets
0: built that <laughs> way. We should we do a, do a Patreon.
2: You get to join Mackie, Judd, and Dex text thread for one week, and you get to see <laughs> everything we talk about.
1: Oh, God. That'd be great. <laughs> So much surly talk. Dex just picked up a six of axe, man. Yeah. Now I'm really <laughs> Let's make it happen.
0: Um, so yeah, I mean, there's a million reasons why they can't win a Super Bowl, including the history of the franchise. And we we know all those reasons, but there's something to keep an eye on here. And and the more I think about this Seattle-San Francisco game, everyone's just like dismissing it. I would be careful. That's sure. a div- that's a third divisional matchup in a season against a Super Bowl-winning coach that yeah. has the full week to prepare here, Pete
1: Carroll. To go back to the question, though, about the Vikings and, like, the belief and can they win, I think it's important, too, that O'Connell... Like, I think, to me, personally, there's a clear-cut message to send your team, and it's it's crystal clear, and it's this. If you think about this, if you think about how... This year is gone. This team won 13 games, and they won a lot of close games, which which we can try to downplay that or the, the national press can, but that's hard to do. Like, this is like a hard league. To go 11-0 in, one, in one-score games is incredible. I think the main point, though, is there is no opponent standing in your way. It's only you. Because if you look at the losses, especially the last three, if, if you look at Dallas, Detroit, Green Bay, those defeats had far more to do with the Vikings than their opponents. Their opponents played well, and that's great. But if you look at what this team did in winning 13 games, the reality is this. This team, when it comes to play, when it has its mind right, keeps games close. They keep they keep games interesting. They have an offense that can win late. They've proven that. And so I don't look at the losses and say, um, or, or the Colts game. I don't look at that game and say, oh, man, the Colts were so good that day. There was no way. As one-sided as all three of the Colts, Packers, and Dallas game were, you know what? The main commonality in those games was the Vikings problems. Mm -hmm. And if you play like you did for 13 games, you're going to give yourself a great chance to win. And that's all you can ask for in the tournament and this (laughs) league, is do you give yourself a chance at the end to win because that's how games are won and lost when you come out and don't play well and and in three of those games that i point out the vikings played like bleed. they played like absolute bleed. but that's a vikings problem so i think what o'connell has going for him in his message is we for the most part when we played our game gave ourselves a chance and won a lot and so that's the most important thing against the Giants and everybody else. It's not about them. It's about us.
0: And the the scariest thing is they somehow played 17 games and didn't give you their best yet. I don't think we've seen their best game yet. And not maybe for a full it, game. No, you're right. Maybe it doesn't exist. Maybe I they agree. don't have maybe they haven't I mean, it's this late. There's a chance that we don't see it because if we don't if we don't see something close to it against the Giants, they could get beat. But that is an interesting thing that I think we've seen the best punch of every team in the NFC playoffs, maybe even across the whole league. But I don't think we've seen the Vikings' best punch. You could say we saw it in the second half against the Colts, no, I agree or the first it. half against Green Bay, you know, back in Week One. Yeah. But we haven't seen it for four quarters. So yep. can they somehow dust off their best punch? For at least a game, and ideally multiple games in the playoffs. I don't know. Oh. Um, before we get to ranking teams and also a very interesting poll that we put out yesterday after a Mackie and Judd conversation, let's shout out the official sports bar of the sports dad himself, Park Tavern in St. Louis Park.
1: You know what? I got some garb. Dex, if, if you can oh, yeah, show this sure. quickly, check this out. <laughs> huh? Huh? Is this not a call to action? Is Drink this not a message? Party. Park Tavern. Exactly right. I picked this up a couple weeks ago at uh, at Park Tavern, and I'm going to tell you right now. Park Tavern is a place to eat, drink, bowl, party, do everything, including, but you know what the one thing this shirt does not say? It does not say groups, and that's another thing. If you have um, a birthday coming up, a fantasy league draft, or perhaps you know what? Your wife or girlfriend has a birthday, and you got to do the planning, and you're saying, oh my god, that's so much planning. I don't know what to do. I'm going to tell you right now. Sports Dad has the answer. It's this simple uh go to parktavern.net or call them 952-929-6810 952-929-6810 my friend cheryl has you taken care of she will she'll take uh the amount of people coming the reservation and guess what she will do the rest of the work because that's what park tavern does so much to do such a great place parktavern.net the official sports bar as phil said of the sports dad
0: the official dog food of not the sports dad but the sports dad's doggy daughter yep. and uh old Macadac's doggy daughter in fact oh, it's uh it's maya daddy do- it's daddy doggy date week as my wife is oh, right. traveling so oh. it's uh, it's maya and old macadack running the house this week and she's just getting scoops of nutrisource chicken and rice oh. and the nutrisource training treats our dogs love themselves some nutrisource and it keeps their
1: gut and digestion health Right on track, Judd. Stella's 12, and and guess what? She loves the food, and I love the fact that she's healthy and happy. In fact, she was just scratching at my door uh, <laughs> during our last show, and I said, I know exactly what she wants. And so between shows, I went out, and I, I dipped into the bag right there of training treats. Nutrisource, guess what? She went back to the couch, said, thank you, Pop-Pop, and hasn't bugged me since because <laughs> what she wanted was her Nutrisource uh, treat, and I knew it, and she got it, and and like I said, the most important thing, healthy and happy dogs leave those of us who love those dogs happy as well.
0: Nutrisourcepetfoods.com to find a Nutrisource retailer near you, anywhere in the country. Nutrisourcepetfoods.com So, yesterday on Mackie and Judd, I gave you guys kind of an impromptu hottest take that I wish I would have thought of on Purple Daily, but, you know, sometimes the Sometimes the brilliant strokes of, you know, the lightning bolt doesn't hit you until it hits you. It's true. And so I said Kirk Cousins is a a great four-game playoff stretch. If you if he if he play if he does the Joe Flacco thing and wins a Super Bowl for the Vikings. He is essentially a month away from a Hall of Fame bust. And I put the question out cuz he's got a lot of the counting stats like he's like 7th all time in passer rating. He's going to play a few more years. He's going to wind up climbing some yardage rankings. He's going to climb the all-time touchdown pass leaderboard into the top 15. So if, if he has counting stats, and granted, he have to do it for a few more years, and a ring, now all of a sudden he's in a conversation that he wasn't before, right? So I put the question out on Twitter. If Kirk Cousins leads the Vikings to a Super Bowl this season, will he be a Hall of Famer? Three thousand six hundred votes, so pretty decent sample size of Vikings fans. Fifty one percent say yes, carve the Hall of Fame bust if he leads the Vikings to a Super Bowl. Forty nine percent say no, still not enough, that he would either need another Super Bowl or you know an MVP or you know, whatever it may be. So what what do you think would have to be added to because I don't think he's anywhere close now, because it's like there's been very little team playoff success with him. He's won one playoff game. Yeah. So it, there would have to be a Super Bowl, and then probably another meaningful run or something, and or an MVP. I don't know if he needs an MVP. Yeah. If he has a Super Bowl, probably needs one or the other, and then like three or four more years of great counting stats. So that's kind of what lacks on his resume right now. But it is kind of crazy that, like, there's there's a couple boxes that he could check, and he would be in this discussion.
1: Two Super Bowls, I think two. Okay. Um, because I also think so. I think what you could do is if he could win two, you could also clearly look at the line and say, when Kevin O'Connell took the Vikings job, Kirk cousins changed because what he didn't have at all going into well, last year, especially, but I I also think that it was pretty doggone important that he won uh, eight comeback games in the fourth quarter this year. What he didn't have at all previously was the clutch gene. So now he sort of got that like, Or or he does. He definitely does. So I think if he wins a Super Bowl, plays for, and let's say he plays five more years. If he wins two Super Bowls in that time and continues to put up the counting stats, but now his teams are winning, I think that is the key there. Uh, Because the voters would like the fact that you also could clearly look at the line where Kevin O'Connell – because now you can sort of blame all the past sins on the Zimmers and the Washington years, right? Because until now it's been on Kirk too, um, and it remains on Kirk right now. But my point is, if you can look at a clear fork in the road and say, at this point in time, Kevin O'Connell became the Vikings' coach, Kirk became clutch. He started to win. The counting stats went down a bit, but they weren't terrible. Yes. So, but I think it's two. I, I think he would need to win two Super Bowls to achieve that.
0: Yeah, because part of it too is like the the much of the conversation surrounding Kirk is is either one of two things to this point in his career. It's he is, uh, I w- I would say it's actually, well, it's one of two things. It's he's garbage or he's a stat patter, or it's something along those lines. He's just a, a hollow stat guy. So it's people that just dismiss yeah. him out of hand. Or it's people that recognize that he's talented but defend him and try and explain why this or that isn't his fault, right? Well, the... The 500 record going into the season isn't his fault because blank and blank and blank. But just explaining why it's not someone's fault isn't going to get you into a Hall of Fame discussion. You need to be, like we talked about yesterday, the solution and the reason for why your teams are driving yes. success on a regular basis. So you're right. If, if this is the first year of a multi-year run of like, oh, a Kirk Cousins-led teams winning 13 games, winning 11 games winning a playoff game or two, winning a Super Bowl, he can help sort of guide that narrative between ages 34 and and 37 or 38.
2: I think he has to win at least a Super Bowl and then probably another playoff run of success and like five years of more Kirk statistics. Like I I think if, if he gets a Super Bowl, he has moved the car significantly in the direction of a bust. Um, and then he probably needs five, six more years of being a legitimate starter. And then probably also maybe another playoff run or two to really solidify it. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at. Yeah.
1: I'm going to. I'm going to. I think, you, you, know, you know, the
0: thing like, so Eli got to, but there were some times where Eli was like the worst quarterback
1: in the NFL. That's he what I the thinking NFL about. in
0: picks. And,
1: yeah. But I mean, that's he, a tough discussion too, because you're, you, you would have, so with the people that vote, which I think is 50 or so the immediate contention, when people sit down and let, let's say Kirk makes it to a super bowl, he wins one. Uh, but the immediate thought process of the majority of people who, who would sit down would be, well, it's Kirk cousins. Yeah. So now you got to say, okay, no, Kirk played a absolutely imperative role here. So I think if, I think if he had two, you'd be on the right track. Yeah. Uh, If he has one borderline, but it also depends then, does he have one, but he played five more great years and and made a Super Bowl and lost as well? So, like, and I do, I think the other thing, as we talked about yesterday, that's going to become intriguing here is I think the it's going to become harder and harder for quarterbacks to get in. Like, they're still going to get in, but I, you know what? The rules are going to be held against them. Should Matt Ryan get in? in my opinion, no. There's,
0: I saw some email today of like the there's like some formula. It's like a PR email from some something that there's a formula that lists the most likely current NFL players that are going to be future Hall of Famers, like Brady, Rogers, Aaron Donald, okay. Matt Ryan's like sixth. But Matt Ryan is the is the classic example of what you're talking about, in. which is it's the quarterback friendly era. He did win yep. one MVP, but he's been very 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 good in a quarterback friendly stat era for like 15 years. No, I think you have to be better than that. There's got to be he's Matt Ryan's like the he's like the Hall of Fame gate or something. The, he's like the, the, the Super first Bowl loss
1: will be held against him as well. Yeah, it should be his fault or not. It's going to be held against. Him. <laughs> well, the
0: defense gave up. Yeah, the yeah it doesn't matter. Didn't score.
1: You are you, the second. You half. are when when you do the the presentation for a player. You basically have a group of people who are looking to say, yeah, but. Mm -hmm. Not, oh, yeah, let's put you in. Yeah,
0: that should be, that that law should definitely affect him. Do you guys want to rank some teams for the last time this season? Let's do this. The old pigskin pecking order. This is emotional. I'll let Dex put this up on the screen here. Every week, we get together, our little committee here, the CEO of Vikings Twitter, myself, the clickbait officer of Purple Daily and the chief beverage distribution officer, Judd, and we rank the 10 best teams in the NFL, and then we put the aggregate together, we bring it to you in our pigskin pecking order. The Kansas City Chiefs remain the number one team in the NFL, according to all three of us. All three of us have the Chiefs at number one. There's a little dissension at number two, but the San Francisco 49ers are now the number two team in our pigskin pecking order. So Dex and I both have them number two after yet another impressive win. Judd, you have them up to three. Yep. The Buffalo Bills are third. So Judd, you have the Bills second. I have them third. Dex has them fifth. Aggregate has them third. Eagles four. Bengals five. So I believe all of us had those five teams in some order as the five best teams in the NFL. It's tough to poke holes in this, right? It's tough to find a team outside of this that would be above any of these teams. Absolutely. Yet, anyways. All right, number six, the Dallas Cowboys. I tried to move them down further, but, like, it's hard.
1: I know. I did the same same exact thing because I'm not really impressed right now, but I struggled with this one.
0: Dex had them seventh ahead of the Vikings, and you had the Vikings. We'll get to where we all had the Vikings, but. Uh, Vikings are seventh here collectively. Ravens, eight. I actually had the Ravens out because their quarterback situation continues to be weird. You can keep saying, like, the but if Lamar Jackson, but if Lamar Jackson. Well, but at some point, but if Tua, okay, well, where are they? They're not playing. So I don't know. I don't know. The Ravens I'm... without Lamar Jackson are kind of a weird deal. Yeah. Char- Chargers, nine. Jags, 10. Chiefs, Niners, Bills, Eagles, Bengals, Cowboys, Vikings, Ravens, Chargers, Jaguars. Mm. Worth noting, uh, there was one other team that received a vote, and it was me voting for the Lions. I had the Lions (laughs) ranked eighth above the Jaguars and above the Chargers. Collectively, we had the Vikings sixth. Declan had them sixth, and Judd, you and I both had them seventh. It's like the, the Ravens, the Chargers. You put the like... Lions eighth and not 10th? Yes. Wow. I mean, look at the dude, look at the last two and a half months. Do
1: mm. you
2: think the Lions are a better team than Trevor Lawrence and the Jags and Justin Herbert yes. and the Chargers?
1: Yes. I, I mean, so I, I could see putting them 10th, although mm. I wouldn't have, but I could see 10th. I think eighth is. Uh... I think
0: they have more creative offensive play calling, I think they have uh, a better roster for sure, than the Jaguars. And I also think people are sleeping on Jared Goff. Jared Goff had an incredible season this year. Second Goff was awesome. Goff had, like, the fifth-best yeah. passer rating. He had a high QBR. He only threw, like, nine picks all Keep year. Keep
1: in mind, though, that Packers win, while great fun, was a game in which they, they were playing to win that game solely and had, had no playoff implications. When it mattered here, Dan Campbell on fourth down kicked a ridiculous field goal and lost that game. So, like, I still hold that against... Detroit if yeah, Detroit like, had but, played, but
0: you could play this game with pretty much all, any of these teams the Chargers had some head scratching things throughout right the... but I'm
1: just saying on Sunday night Detroit was absolutely just playing for fun and they won because of that
0: if the I, put it this way I think if the Jaguars and the Lions played a neutral site game right now I think Vegas would have the Lions as a favorite
1: I'd pick the Jaguars that. I'd probably take the Jags as well okay Doug Peterson action for me Doug Peterson did a great job. He's That's definitely in the mix for Coach of the Year. Um, but we're
0: ta- we're talking about a bunch of not like nine and ten win teams here, and yeah. the Lions are yep. one yep. of the nine win teams in the NFL.
1: Yes. Eight so. nine eight, nine and ten were very difficult. Like yep. they they could have been a lot of teams. Yep. And the Jaguars,
0: how do you not root for them in the AFC? They get the Chargers out of the gate, too, so you get you get Herbert versus Lawrence. The quarterbacks in the AFC Playoffs. Oh my god, it's ridiculous! It's like a so bunch of future fun. Hall of Famers: Mahomes, Hall of Famer; Josh Allen, probably a Hall of Famer; yes, Joe Burrow, probably a Hall of Famer. And then who knows what's going to happen? I mean, if Lamar Jackson comes back, then you get Lamar Jackson MVP, Justin Herbert, probably a future MVP, Trevor Lawrence, probably a future MVP. Just a rid- a ridiculous bracket on the AFC side. So there we have it. The Vikings sixth, seventh, and seventh in our pigskin packing order, boys. Football. Boom. Boom. Judd, you want to do you want to guess the PFF grades for the full season? Sure. Top three for each offense, defense. Yep, we're looking for. So this is old, grizzled. Yeah. Foot,
1: football. The offense veteran. shouldn't be too hard. At, at least two of them on offense shouldn't be too hard. We'll I mean, see. they're, they're oh, slam dunks, you know I think. I, I think there's, I yeah. hope they're slam dunks. If they aren't, I got a bone to pick with PFF. So Judd
0: is going to put his eye test to the test against PFF's scouts. We're looking for the full season. And we'll say guys that played, uh, I don't know, guys that played 300 snaps or more. So just you know guys that, that played enough snaps. Um, who are the 3 highest graded
1: offensive players for the Vikings? You get 3 incorrect guesses. Yep. Justin And, then, Je- and we'll also look for the 3 lowest too just for fun. Oh boy, that's going to be harder. Justin Jefferson is definitely among the top 3. He's number 1. Yeah. Uh, Christian Darrisaw because he was spent all year. He won the best left ta- or he's one of the best tackles in the league. He's number 2. Uh, uh, the third one might be tougher. The third one might be a little bit tougher. I do get three guesses though. Alright, first guess. Brian O'Neill. Judd runs exactly.
0: the table. So
1: it was O'Neill. Okay. In
0: order, yes. Brian O'Neill. Incredibly O'Neal's high third. all year can you. Long. Can you keep can you keep let's I wanna Such see if you can keep going loss. in order. Who's fourth? Oh god. Um oh, I don't even
1: know uh, who would be my God. uh, do, 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 do. It wouldn't be Thielen. It wouldn't be Dalvin Cook. It wouldn't be Osborne. Uh, TJ Hawkinson?
0: Mm. 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 It's Kirk Cousins. Oh, okay. It's Kirk Cousins. He's the fourth highest graded player on the Vikings uh, offense. Let's do, again, among guys who played 300 or more snaps... Give us the worst three graded players. Ed Ingram. Just want to make do some math here, make sure. Okay, yep, he's the second worst.
1: Johnny Munt. He's the worst. All right, um, He's my guy. Yep. Munt time. Oh, um. Okay. Johnny Munt, Ed Ingram, and then the third worst, third worst. But but they had to play a lot of snaps. That's the that's the interesting thing. So yeah, it's four, three, a, so
0: most players, the, the the most snaps you would play is like a thousand. Yeah. In a season, I mean, we're looking
1: for three hundred snaps. Significant amount of snaps. Um,
0: Galvin. Good guess it's not Dalvin
1: Ezra Cleveland mm. good, I'm glad I was wrong about that um it's not Garrett not Garrett Bradbury he actually played pretty well this season um <laughs> Jalen Riger didn't play enough to qualify for this on offense. I don't believe he got anywhere near 300. He got a bunch, but um, 82, 82 yeah, so he's not close to 300. Um, KJ Osborne,
0: no faith in KJ Osborne, huh? Mm -mm. It's Adam Thielen. Oh my God, You've been ripping him all season.
1: Oh my God, I thought the... Oh my God, oh. what did you think?
0: You thought you didn't trust your own takes all season? All the
1: season, oh, club in your bad. the most reliable club in your bag. The most reliable takes. Trust. I didn't realize it was that bad. You're, oh my goodness! You were around gracious. the
2: green all year, and you decided, ah, I'm actually gonna, I'm just gonna putt this instead. After you've been shipping beautifully <laughs> near the hole all year.
1: <laughs> oh my goodness gracious! Trust your takes. Trust I do trust takes. my takes. I just didn't think he he'd grade out that badly.
0: Let's go to the defensive side of the ball here. We're looking for the three best wow. Vikings defensive players who played at least 300 snaps. Actually, you know what? Uh, just looking at some of these, yeah. considering uh, one of them, I'm gonna I'm gonna go uh, 250 snaps. Okay. 250 snaps. All right, Daniel Hunter. We'll give you we'll give you a little hint, I guess. Daniel Hunter is the number one graded Vikings defensive player. Sedarius Smith. Daria Smith is the number three graded
1: Vikings defensive player. Number two. Number two. I don't know who it and is, but go- I, don't, I don't think it should be this hard. And we're going down to 250 snaps? I mean, Dex mm-hmm. Dex can help. If, if you don't know Dex, throw it out there.
2: The number, so we have the one and the three for to the top three mm-hmm. on the defense. Pat P, he's having an unbelievable season. Oh. he's fifth. Duke Dude, Shelley. About to say how much? How many snaps is the Duke of Shelley of though? Duke's fourth. He is. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's BS. one more guess. Um, there's a lot of options here because the Vikings did rotate a lot of players. Yeah. And,
1: okay. Yeah, I feel. I've, yeah, I feel like you've dumbed it down for that to so 250. So, uh, I feel like it might be a defensive lineman who rotates in.
2: Oh, um, yeah. Talking out loud. Talking out loud, Judge Zell-Gale. It's not
1: a linebacker if it's 250. Talking Dex. out loud. Well, Dex can help if, if he's got, um, got no clue. Because
2: I don't know the cumulative. Uh, I mean, I see weekly grades, but I don't, I don't know. I also, I also don't have like PFF. So, I mean, Chris Tonga's been, like, consistently really good when he's been called upon. Has he gotten 250 snaps, though? I thought it was Kyrie's Tonga. Or Kyrie Tonga, whatever the hell his name is. Uh, he, has, he does qualify if that helps you. Okay. All right. Um... Has Dalvin Tomlinson, you think, done enough, Judd, to earn that second-highest grade? No, I think Phil done the Tom for a reason.
1: Now I think Phil went to 250 yeah. for a reason. Tomlinson's okay. way above 250. So he's got tonga. a ton. Like, like, Tomlinson and Harrison Phillips are way above that, so oh. I think it's a guy like Patrick Jones or Tom. You know
2: what? That. Here's another one. Wild card on for you. Wild card for you. What about Josh yes. Metellus? Super
1: wild card weekend.
2: What about Josh Metellus?
1: I don't think he... I don't... I don't... Oh, boy... I like the I I like a Tonga or a Patrick Jones more. Okay. I feel like Josh Metellus. I feel like Josh Metellus got beat a few times right. he played, but
0: that's you're going to get bullied off that one, huh, Dex?
2: Going to get bullied off. Well, that I, one. I, actually, I'm standing Wait, on my hold, ground. Wait, hold on a second. Here.
1: We're talking. How 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 sure do do you feel about Josh <laughs> Metellus? <laughs> I feel like he got beat a few times, but well, I mean everyone gets beat once in a while. Can't mind him. Also,
0: did
2: is the PFF yeah, like, grade. Does does his special teams factor into his overall grade? No, nope, okay. no. We're talking okay. defense,
0: just defense. Okay, just then I would probably defense.
2: then okay, then I would probably remove him from the equation because his special so teams have been unbelievable.
1: Yeah, so probably Tonga, Tonga or Patrick Jones. I will go with Tonga. Which, all right, let's go Tonga. Tonga.
0: Tonga had a really good season for the Vikings in 276 naps. He is not the answer. Josh Metellus, oh, was God. The second highest. Oh no! We, we told you. <laughs> I tried. I tried. You got bullied off the take. Josh Metellus was <laughs> oh the God, second man. highest graded player All right. for the Vikings. How about the safety depth for at, the Vikings? Metellus. You got Louis. I don't Seen,
1: think Cam was. Uh, I, I think. I think Cam was okay, but not. He great. played every well, snap.
0: Let's find yeah, out. We're looking for again 250 snaps or more. Yep. Who are the three worst Vikings defensive players out. this year?
1: Oh. Um. Cam Bynum. He was the fourth worst. Okay. Yes. Well, um, probably uh, probably corner a cornerback, um, probably cornerback who isn't playing anymore. So th- this is two fifty on snaps. Yep. Cam Dansler.
2: Ooh, it's gonna be, this is a tough hole to dig out of now. All right. Yeah, uh, cool. Well, I would say a J- Jordan Hicks has been a plotting linebacker. I know he racks up a lot of statistics, but yeah, I would I like say that he's one. good. So yep. I would have. Jordan Hicks. Let's Jordan Hicks. Let's put it out there. He's kind of mid-pack.
0: He's kind of mid-pack. Mm. Right. Oh, boy. All right. So it is Chandon Sullivan was the worst graded player. Oh, yeah. I should have, got, I should have guessed that one. Yeah. Jonathan Bullard played 300. 300- oh. Eighteen nope. nondescript snaps on the interior wouldn't and then DJ Wanum had kind of a oh, really? season this year. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I didn't I wouldn't have guessed him. You know, DJ Wanham yeah, he played five hundred sixty snaps Sullivan. and he didn't grade out well in really any category, so I should have gotten Sullivan. But that's a pretty, pretty impressive two, performance on the offensive side of the ball for you. You've always been more of an offensive master. I, I
1: am more of an offensive guy. can't believe I didn't guess my guy. 19. That's why
0: you went on the offensive, to turn your life around and lose weight a year and a half ago.
1: That is uh, that is absolutely 100% correct, Phil. And I did do that through the help of my friends at Livia Weight Control Centers. Look at the guy on the left and look at the guy on the right. Now you're saying, Judd, if Judd Zolgad, if Sports Dad can lose weight, how can I? Because I know that I can do it, too and i'm going to tell you right now if you if you want to drop weight it's this simple you can find it as a long term solution too join now and get a special offer from me that's right the sports dad Judd. 50% off the program 855 go l i v e a livia.com l i v e a.com you will see results exactly like that and here's the best part their dietitians will help you keep the weight off too so you'll drop the pounds but most importantly, because it's not a fad diet, it is a weight control center. You can keep that weight off, and your journey can start now. Livia, dot com. Lots of folks in the PD family have joined and seen the results, so why don't you do the same? Livia.com is where the new you starts.
0: Boom. All right. And that's a wrap on today's Purple Daily, where we just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die, and we laid it out for you. All right? <laughs> All this doom and gloom surrounding a 13-win team. Uh, we'll be back with some predictions tomorrow. Write that down Wednesday. And don't forget, you can find all sorts of stuff across the Purple Daily podcast feed and YouTube channel. See you tomorrow.